Deshaun Tate back with you guys, unless you've been having, living under a rock. You know what this is. Tate's Take, where basketball lives. Follow me on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops. T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Be sure to subscribe as we stream live online for this. Yes, Tate's Take, the podcast um, on all platforms. Um, streaming live on YouTube as well as on Twitch, uh, Facebook, as well as Periscope. Um, anywhere that you find your favorite podcast, be sure to subscribe there as well. Of course, what else could we possibly be talking about besides the 2021 NBA playoffs? And without further ado, bringing in a good buddy of mine from the green room would be none other than, ah, there we go. Perfect. There he goes. Uh, the guy, I don't think there's anybody whose first name I love more Sean Powell, author, writer, and contributor from NBA.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at Powell to the People. That is not at that is at Powell, not Power, but at Powell to the People. Uh, Sean, top of the afternoon to you, and how are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Outstanding. Thanks for asking. And um, let me start off with uh, two things before we jump into the NBA playoffs. First and foremost, we're friends on Facebook, okay? Um, I see on the profile picture, I'm not sure really what's happening there on your profile picture uh, on Facebook. Explain that one to me. Did you get into a, a wrestling match with what looks like maybe uh, some sort of a cat, like a, a lion or, or of sorts? Yeah, that comes from uh, 2016. I was uh, in South Africa with the NBA. Uh, that's when they had NBA Africa exhibition games in uh, Johannesburg. And after it was all over, it was myself, Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid. We all went to a, uh, a lion park and where you could see real lions. And you could also get close with cubs. And so I got close to a cub and, you know, I'm just, you know, minding my own business. All of a sudden, this cub is taking a bite out of my shin. And I'm like, whoa, it's, I don't know who it was. I think it was Tim Frank, the vice president of public relations for the NBA. He took the picture of my agony <laughs> and then he sent it to me. And I said, well, this is the perfect avatar. It shows you how vulnerable I am. Here, I'm a grown man getting eaten up by a, by, by a cub. <laughs> The Lion King himself. Um, are you on the golf course right now? What's happening? Is it vacation? What's, <laughs> hey, what's man. going on right now? You know, with the NBA playoffs, man, you got to squeeze in some golf or something like that whenever you get a shot. So uh, you caught me at a good time. You know, my golf game has been horrible today, so I need some relief. <laughs> I'm a little bit envious, if I'm just being honest. I would do anything right now to uh, be able to add some color to this uh, extremely pale body. Uh, one more question before we get into NBA playoffs. I saw you posted something not too long ago about how you've had so many different opportunities to interview so many different guys within the NBA. And in this short story that you uh, kind of elaborated a little bit on how you didn't have that opportunity with one particular guy, uh, explain to us what that's about and um, and who that particular guy is because I have a very similar story myself, believe it or not. So it just kind of caught my attention a few days ago. Yeah, you know, I've been very fortunate to be in a business for, uh, you know, a little bit. And uh, even the greater blessing and fortune to be able to interview, you know, pretty much everybody. Everybody who I've wanted to interview, pretty much. Um, I mean, Barack Obama doesn't get better than that now, does it? Uh, you go on down the line, Michael Jordan, 
I mean, really, just pretty much Derek Jeter, uh, on and on. Anyway, uh, but the one athlete I've never had a chance to sit down and interview with was LeBron James. And you would find that kind of strange, given that, you know, I'm an NBA writer and LeBron is, what, in his 16th year? But uh, on, on, on one hand, I never was in, based in the city where LeBron played. Never was based in Cleveland, never was based in Miami. I imagine if I had based in those cities, I would have that opportunity. On the other hand, you know, you know, you put in a request and, you know, it doesn't come through. So, uh, I mean, I was never based in Michael Jordan City, but that was never a problem. Uh, so, I mean, look, he's very popular. He's very much in demand. He can be choosy and picky. Uh, and he chooses to do things with a group rather than individual. I understand it. You know, trust me, I've been in the business a long time. But you would just think that at some point I could pull the guy aside for like 10, 15 minutes and get something. So it never happened. I don't take it personally or anything like that. Uh, I just thought that it was weird that I can pretty much interview everybody else in the face of the earth but one person. Interestingly enough, and uh, hopefully I'm not like striking a nerve by asking that question. It was just something no, I was kind of curious of uh, because I had a very similar oppor- uh, opportunity uh, or a situation where I was actually called at one point by my uh, sports director at the time, like, hurry up and get down here. The Cavs are obviously in town. And I know I'm way down at the bottom of the totem pole list of guys that would be offered and asked to interview LeBron James for a shoot around and practice type situation, one-on-one, if you will, and so forth. And I'm like, of course, what kind of question is that? Well, I've got less than an hour to get down there, let alone haven't taken a shower. So immediately and very quickly, cleaned up the essential parts of the body and made sure I brushed the teeth, hurry up, put some clothes on and try and hurry up and run out of the door. Soon as I lift the garage and get ready to head out, my tires flat. And one of the hardest decisions that I've ever had to make in telephone calls was to call my sports director and said, I'm terribly sorry, but I'm not going to be able to interview LeBron James for you today. So that just kind of came in my head uh, uh, or as a thought, uh, a light bulb went off, if you will, when I was reading your story. On to these NBA playoffs. I know a lot of people, this might, uh, depending on when they have the opportunity to hear this particular episode, episode 86 with my dude Sean Powell, um, the results of the game may be finished, but I want to preview them before they come on tonight. So first and foremost with tonight's game, uh, that being the uh, Denver Nuggets going on the road now to play uh, a Damian Lillard fi- offensive firepower, obviously 55 points in the last game. Now going into game six in Portland, kind of want to get your uh, take on maybe some of the X factors, what you've seen from this series and who you expect to come away with adding a number to the left side of the result column. Well, I'm not so sure about any X factors. I think we've probably seen them by now. Michael Porter Jr., I mean, we're talking about everybody but Damian Lillard and Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, I mean, at this point, there are no secrets. Uh, I haven't seen anybody come out of nowhere to, um, you know, take command of this series. Uh, you know, um, you know, other than you know the usual suspects. Um, this is a very this is a very tough city series to call, and that you wouldn't be surprised who wins. Uh, and actually, you would be disappointed in the team that loses. I mean, can you imagine Portland losing in the first round? Uh, Damian Lillard, after having that amazing game, has to go home early game, denied a trip to the NBA Finals again for the ninth straight year. That would be pretty tough for him to take. 
And same thing with uh, the Nuggets. Uh, I get it. Jamal uh, Murray has been out, so they have an excuse. But Nikola Jokic is probably going to be named MVP, and he doesn't get out of the first round. I mean, so you can take, you can make a case for both teams winning, and you can make a sad case for both team for one of those teams losing. For sure. And now I want to go over to the other game in the doubleheader on tonight. We could be potentially looking at uh, a first round exit for LeBron James on their home floor in Los Angeles on tonight. Taking on Chris Paul, Devin, uh, Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, very similar question. Uh, maybe not necessarily so much X factors, but uh, maybe some of the things that stick out like a sore thumb to you from what you've seen in the series so far. It was a terrible what, 20, 30 point blowout, I think, in game five now going into game six no anthony davis how does that change things and do you think lebron has what it takes now at age 36 to put this team on his back and at least get out of the first round against a tough phoenix team well this is the injury series isn't it you know chris paul you know uh anthony davis uh the healthiest team wins pretty much i would think um even though the lakers are behind three two if anthony davis were to miraculously be, be able to play I would favor them, uh, but without him, I think it's a tall order. Um, I mean, again, you know, you're looking at the Lakers, you're looking at maybe Dennis Schroeder has to have a big game, Kyle Kuzma, these guys who haven't shown that they're able to have a bust-out, breakout, series-saving game. So that's kind of troublesome. And it obviously, it puts a lot of weight on LeBron's shoulders. Look, he's a big boy, and he can carry that weight, but... You're also looking at Phoenix. If Chris Paul is not able to play, then, you know, what does that say about their chances? You know, yeah, Devin Booker's had an outstanding series. But who's the other take-charge player there? Uh, Chris Paul has meant so much to a lot of his teammates, to uh, Mikal Bridges, really helped his development. Uh, DeAndre Ayton helped his development. You could even say, to an extent, Devin Booker, because Devin Booker doesn't have to handle the ball anymore. So, again, I think the series is going to be decided upon who appears in street clothes. It's going to be Anthony Davis yeah. or it's going to be Chris Paul. Do you have a do you have any sort of a uh, – and I don't even know if this is something that you can do. Do you have a prediction for those two series that we'll see on tonight? Well, let me just take the, uh, the Lakers-Suns series first. I mean, um, I, I, again, I, you know, I, I hate to, you know, lean on the injury factor, but if Anthony Davis is not able to play – uh, maybe LeBron wins one elimination game, like a game six, but I'm not so sure he can win two of them. So if Anthony Davis doesn't play the rest of the series, I like Phoenix. As far as the um, the Nuggets uh, Blazers, boy, man, that is a tough, tough one. And uh, it is. I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say Denver. I just think Jokic is, you know, you 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 he's playing against Nurkic. He's playing against Ian's Cantor, and you feel that, you know, at least they can slow him down somewhat. But they haven't been able to stop this guy, man. And he's been playing very well. I can see in that series uh, someone, you know, like Michael Porter Jr. just having like a 30-point game and just really being the difference maker. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Denver, and I'm going to say Phoenix. Nurkic obviously having to stay out of foul trouble. Carmelo Anthony's got to come up somewhat big for that. 
team to uh, kind of contribute and assist with uh, Damian Lillard as well. And just looking at the Denver Nuggets, not having that defensive anchor, Will Barton, Gary Harris from last year, Jeremy Grant, now a Detroit Piston, kind of shaking things up for those guys just a little bit. I want to move over now into the game that we will see take place. The only game I believe that will take place on tomorrow where it seems like no home team can win uh, on, their, on their home floor. Uh, now the Dallas Mavericks, after a miraculous performance by Luka Doncic, uh, hosting the Los Angeles Clippers. At this point, I'm not sure if that's really a good thing or a bad thing anymore because nobody can win on their floor. Um, it, it, it's appeared to me, and you just let me know if you agree with this or, or how you feel, but or if I'm totally off base, which I could be, but it appears that I'm not sure if I should say chemistry issues necessarily uh, for the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, you know, going down 2-0 and then tying it at 2-2, feeling really good about their chances from there. And then you see what happened on yesterday. Um, having the better talent for sure, but the feel is that Dallas has the better team. I'm not sure that I want to go up against the, uh, against the Dallas coach either. Just what are, uh, am I pretty on base with that, or do you, do you feel a little different? No, I think you're absolutely right. And you just left off one thing uh, Dallas has the better player. <laughs> uh, you know, Luka Doncic in this series has just been, I mean, he's been better than Kawhi Leonard, better than Paul George. I mean, there's really nobody else to really compare him to. Um, he has taken his team on his back and on his, his sore back, I guess I should say, and carried them. And the thing about it is, he dictates so much. The really other thing about Luka, such a smart player. You see how he gets the switches that he wants, you know. If Kawhi Leonard's on him, whoever, say, uh, I don't know, um, uh, you know, just pick a player that, that you feel that he can victimize. Uh, he, he'll have hit that teammate come over, uh, you know, and you'll have the switch. You see it constantly with Reggie Jackson. Whoever Reggie Jackson's guarding, that man will come over, set the pick, and then now you have the switch that Luka Doncic wants. And he is so clever in setting that situation up. And for the life of me, I just don't see why the Clippers just don't double team him. Look, if the guy, I would rather have that guy have 20 assists and 40 points. Okay? Get the ball out of his hands. Put it in somebody else's hands who may not be comfortable in that situation. And I can go to sleep at night knowing that Tim Hardaway Jr. beat me. Uh, Chris Tass Porzingis beat me, but I can't go to sleep at night when Luka Doncic beats me. I can't sleep at night because he should never, ever, ever, the same thing with Damian Lillard. Those guys should never be in a position where they're going one-on-one against somebody. That's just bad, bad coaching. Bad strategy. You saw the way Damian Lillard kept lighting up you know, mm-hmm. uh, whoever was thrown his way that last game. And Everybody. Was he ever double. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So you mean after the fifth time he lit somebody up, you might think about doubling him? Oh, my goodness. Don't get me started, man. My dude, my dude with the uh, best first name in the world, Sean Powell, author, writer, and contributor for NBA.com. Find him on social media, at Powell to the people. That is at Powell to the people. I want to switch over to the Eastern Conference and just ask two more questions for you, uh, uh, to you while we are still on here, but not before I make sure that we get our bills paid first. This 
uh, segment is powered and sponsored by Exotics by Curtis Smith. Look good, feel good, play great. Exoticsproducts.com, all 110% natural products, no chemicals added, makes great Father's Day gifts, graduation gifts, birthdays, you name it, exoticsproducts.com. Uh, but not before you go to the checkout and uh, put in that discount code. Tate's take T A T E S T A K E. You see it there at the bottom of the ticker. Get your 15% off. Now, with that being said, Sean, I want to start first with the first game that we will see, um, or the first one of the first matchups we'll see in the Eastern Conference. Who a lot of people feel like is likely could potentially be the front runner to make it to the NBA Finals. You got the Milwaukee Bucks, you got the uh, Brooklyn Nets. A lot of firepower, a lot of star power there in that matchup as well. How do you see that one shaking out and in how many games? Talk to me about those matchups. I think this series comes down to one thing. How good of a defensive team does Brooklyn need to be? Really, because that's about it. You know they can score. You know they've got the star power. You know, you know uh, if it comes down to a last-minute shot, they've got guys for that. But how good of a defensive team do they have to be? Do they have to be a, a, a very good defensive team against Milwaukee? Can they get away with being an average defensive team against Milwaukee? That's really what it's all about. Because when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, that's really the one true weakness. Yeah, they're not a great defense either, but the defense is their big, big, big weakness. Uh, um, if Milwaukee can score uh, 130, 135 points, Brooklyn's in trouble. Brooklyn's in trouble. And I realize that team can also score 135 points, but Milwaukee's got a good defensive team. You see what I'm saying? Not no, only can Milwaukee no, score, not, yeah, not only are the Bucks among the top five NBA teams in scoring, they're also among the top five NBA defensive teams. In decent. So in they defense, have that yeah. balance. And uh, uh, I think that's what it will really come down to. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, even in some cases, I'm not sure how big of an issue it might be seeing uh, um, the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, maybe being able to convert on some of those three-point shots, maybe even more simple, what I call the charity stripe or the free space uh, uh, on the bingo card, the free throw line as well, where he tends to struggle from time to time. Switching over now to the other game in the Eastern Conference, last question for you here in this matchup, which was essentially confirmed as of last night, arguably the um, the uh, 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 most impressive team, if you will, to an extent, the Atlanta Hawks so far that we've seen in the playoffs. Obviously, Trey Young and some of the surrounding cast that he has. We haven't seen Lou Williams step up and look like Lou Williams just yet. We know he can jump up out of the bed and hit you with about 20 or 30 points. Uh, but they're underdogs, and not sure if we'll see Joel Embiid or not uh, in that series uh, obviously against the Philadelphia 76ers. Everybody thought New York City was a hostile environment. Philly's going to have much of the exact same thing to implement, I would imagine. What do you see in that series, and does the Atlanta Hawks have a chance with or without Joe Embiid? Well, if Embiid doesn't play, uh, I mean, the Hawks are the more talented team. It's as simple as that. And I get it, you know, Philly has Ben Simmons, and, you know, uh, even Seth Curry's played well. Uh, Tobias Harris has had probably hit the best season of his career. Uh, Doc mm-hmm. Rivers, obviously, a solid coach. Uh, but, I, I mean, Embiid is a difference maker. And if you look at the way the Eastern Conference playoffs are set up, Embiid was in position to dominate every round because none of the teams that he would see in the three rounds of the Eastern Conference playoffs has a, a defensive stopper. There, you know, there's no Rudy Gobert in the East. But when he's hurt and he can't play or maybe his – 
his minutes and his talent are being diminished because of an injury, then you have that, that, that's the great equalizer. You know, all of a sudden, Philadelphia doesn't have this great advantage on the other team. So, look, the Hawks are very good. They got some good shooters. And if one or two of those shooters get go cold, they can reach down the bench and get two or three others, put them in the, in the game. A lot is dictated on uh, Trey Young. Uh, you know, he's the guy who sets it. He has, he dominates the ball, high usage. He sets everything up. And when he plays well and he's getting to the line and getting those officiate, you know, the calls from the officials, uh, he's dangerous. Okay. When he is misfiring on his three point shots and he's not getting into the line and he's not getting his teammates involved, then they're in trouble. So I would say that's really what it comes down to in that series. Again, I hate to hedge my bet here because we just don't know where Joel Embiid's going to be physically. Uh, I would say that if Joel Embiid misses games with less than 75%, I would give the Hawks the victory. If Embiid's ready to play, then I'd see the Sixers winning rather easily. Hard to duplicate that Hawks depth being one thing and uh, certainly playing with a chip on their shoulder. Obviously, the Philadelphia 76ers are too because uh, the whole trust the process thing, that stuff is over. Now it's time to go out and get it. And I would obviously, I would imagine when Atlanta is time for them to go back to State Farm Arena. This isn't about selling plush couches and, and canopies and everything else anymore. They're coming in there to try and get uh, a raucous crowd in front of them to make it very difficult for Philly as well. But of course, first, They'll have to uh, be on the road uh, to the city of brotherly love. Uh, appreciate you, Sean, man. Really, really do. And grateful and appreciative uh, for you joining the program on today for episode 86. Overly thankful of that. I appreciate you for making time and being so flexible. And the pleasure's all mine, man. It's been a big pleasure uh, sitting and talking with you. It's always a pleasure to talk to someone who's smart on the subject that you're talking so, like I said, the pleasure's all mine, my man. Keep doing what you do. Uh, love it. And, uh, you know, much success to you, not only now, but in the future. Thank you much. And next time you go out to Africa, you might have to put me on the plane with you yeah. so I can get out there mess around with the kittens a little bit, too. I do appreciate it. That's my dude, Sean Powell, uh, that joined us from um, from NBA dot com author writer contributor from nba.com that is make sure you give him a follow on social media at powell to the people that is at powell to the people um and speaking of the people i need the people to do me a huge favor i need the people to make sure that you go and subscribe to the podcast you never know who we're going to have on here i mean just yesterday we had um mike decorsi on here talking a little bit about the retirement announcement breaking news coach k retiring there after his 42nd season uh, in college basketball and earlier brought on the voice of the Atlanta Hawks and Steve Holman to kind of recap the series against the Knicks and previewing the series against the Philadelphia 76ers. Got some other people in mind as well. I might have to reach out to Jay Billis and see if he can come on and talk to, about Coach K a little bit amongst some other guys uh, that would be really interesting to um, uh, that would be really interesting to uh, to see. Uh, them come on to uh, share their knowledge and their expertise and their passion here on my platform. So go and do your part. Subscribe. You know that you always have a voice to be heard here on the show as well. So as I always say, don't save it for the local barbershop. Don't save it for the local sports bar. We're talking it right here on the podcast. Feel free to leave me up to a five-star rating and or a um, uh, leave a review if you kind of enjoy, if you will, these um these uh, 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 guests and the 
uh, episodes that we are putting forth and out there in front of you for everyone that interacts and so forth and have already subscribed. Uh, anywhere you find your favorite podcast, we like to call it the best, the most entertaining, the most informational, and of course, the most educational basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast. Follow along on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops. That is at T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Hashtag where basketball lives. So appreciate everybody for joining me and uh, be looking forward to tonight. As you know, 15 minutes after, let me make sure that I put the graphic up here before I get up out of here so that I don't have anybody confused about what we do at the end of every single night that a playoff game is played. The final buzzer with Deshaun Tate, just a brief recap, somewhere right around 20 minutes or so. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite the talker, as you guys already know or going to learn very soon. Uh, so it does exceed 20 minutes from time to time, but we get guests on there as well, breaking down every single playoff game that was played that night. So that takes place every single night, 15 minutes after the final NBA game concludes. So you can find us there on tonight after the Lakers and the Suns game, which I would imagine is going to extremely late. Let me see. 1030 tip, two and a half hour game. We're talking about somewhere around 1, 1, 15, 1 30 a.m. So if you're up, then be sure to come over and check us out. Of course, we can get you up here and start talking some of this basketball with us as well. So appreciate everybody for doing so. And remember to go and subscribe Tell your friends. Tell everybody um, to uh, check out the podcast. Please and thanks. Bye.